This is Question of the Week from BU Today. Let's talk inflation. As we look forward to 2023, the health of the domestic economy remains a concern. As high costs linger, hiring slows, and salaries stagnate. Many industries in the U.S. and abroad have increased costs due to supply chain issues and other factors, leading to some of the highest inflation in recent memory. I'm Doug Most, the executive editor over BU Today, and for this latest edition of Question of the Week, our guest today is Lawrence Kotlikoff, a William Fairfield Warren professor of economics. Kotlikoff's recent research studies global macroeconomic transition and the future of economic power, inequality, banking reform, marginal taxation, and even healthcare reform and social security. We're going to have a conversation about inflation, what to look for in 2023 that's going to impact all of our wallets and pocketbooks. Lawrence, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Doug. So so let's jump right into it. We, this was sort of not a pretty 2022 when it comes to the economy. This was an ugly year. Um, do you expect 2023 to be much of the same or do you anticipate uh, perhaps a little bit of uh, easing of the inflation? Uh, and so where do you see things going? I think most of the inflation was due to supply side uh, disruptions, uh, supply chain bottlenecks. China is often on production due to uh, their zero COVID policy, which now seems to be lifting uh, to uh, the you know Putin's war in the Ukraine, where he's uh, impacted uh, wheat, wheat and other grain prices and also oil energy prices. But if you look at right. the price of oil today, it's lower than it was when Putin invaded. If you look at the price of wheat today, it's lower than when Putin invaded. Uh, so what we're seeing is that they, there's other sources of supply, and there's also been a reduction in demand. Like in Europe, there's about 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 a 15, 20 percent reduction in the use of gas, which is quite amazing that that factories and households can get by with so much less gas. But there's also been warm weather in, in the U.S. and, and Europe that's uh, reduced the, the uh, demand for gas. So I, I do believe we'll probably have more like a 6 5% inflation and uh, going down to 3 and 2%, uh, well, 3%. The, the long-term, the market suggests they're looking at about a 3% long-term inflation rate, uh, three or two and a half. If you, if you look at long-term regular interest rates on treasury bonds, 30-year treasury yeah. bonds, versus inflation index treasury bonds, the differential is telling you about inflation. It's been interesting sort of how Americans have responded to inflation because there's been – because spending has still been uh, sort of substantial. Uh, Americans sort of talk about their worries of inflation and yet sometimes you feel like how they're spending doesn't always equate with their fears. Um, Why is that, do you think? Why do you think that Americans, even though we talk about – you know, being scared of inflation, being unhappy with inflation, being worried about inflation, and yet we still seem to be spending at a at a good clip. What's the? Is there a disconnect there? Yeah, I'm surprised because real wages haven't kept nominal wages haven't kept up, so real wages have gone down. Uh, and you know, I I would think that people are shying away from going to restaurants as much because the prices are so crazy high compared to pre COVID. Uh, uh, so I am kind of surprised that that uh, that's the case, uh, but it, it 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 may be that uh, there's also people that are really hurt and people that are 
some people are benefiting from inflation. If you're a, a debtor and you have a mortgage, you're paying back an inflated in watered down dollars, right? So you're making right. money off of the inflation. Uh, on the other hand, if you own short-term, medium-term, long-term, regular debt from the government, and maybe you own treasury bills or treasury bonds, well, you lost eight, eight and a half percent in real terms over the last year because of the uh, inflation. If you're on a fixed pension, like you're in a, a uh, maybe you're a police, a retired policeman in, in Detroit, and your pension was already cut through 20, it's like 40 cents on the dollar already because of the, the bankruptcy of Detroit. And now it's fixed in nominal terms and you right. just lost 8% purchasing power. So somebody must be getting it in the neck here in the country. So I, I don't know what the aggregate numbers are telling us, but uh, we know that um, some people must be hurting a lot because of this. Yeah. The Fed... The Fed has certainly come under criticism for how it's handled this. Do you feel like they could have taken different measures or perhaps approached inflation, you know, sort of with a different strategy? Or do you feel like they did the best they could with obviously challenging times, the pandemic, the war, uh, so many factors sort of, and the supply chain, as you mentioned, how, what have you been, what have you thought about uh, sort of the Fed's handling of this? I think it's been quite good, actually. I think, um, what we want to do is adjust the economy to deal with this temporary, uh, basically supply side driven inflation. We yep. want to index the tax system, get the social security system indexed so people aren't uh, being taxed additional amounts because of inflation, because the level beyond which your benefits are taxed, uh, the, the level of uh, what's called modified adjusted gross income is fixed in nominal terms. So more and more people, because of inflation, just because of inflation, are subject to taxation on their benefits. And so we want to fix the, we want to live with inflation, not kill the economy, uh, so we can get inflation down. That's, I think that's right. not uh, an appropriate economic view. And I don't think uh, uh, Powell, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed, is listening to to somebody he's responding, but. He's basically not increasing uh, interest rates that much. We're coming into the holidays. I'm curious how much of a bellwether is holiday spending? Because obviously the holidays come right at the end of the year. How much of a bellwether for what's to come in 2023 are, is holiday spending at the end of 2022? Or should we not pay that close attention to it? In other words, if holiday spending is way up and if the numbers are tremendous – could that be a good sign of what's to come in 2023, or is it sort of a little misleading and wrong to sort of read too much into those numbers? No, the last quarter, uh, December, uh, the last quarter probably represents about 40% of uh, year, you know, total spending across the year. It's really, right. really high, so it's a big deal. So if a lot of companies suffer much lower sales than expected or, or than last year, then that's a signal that the economy is potentially going into recession. There's a potential, you know, if we have enough people talking ourselves into recession, we will have recession. It will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I hate to bring politics into this conversation, but it's impossible to talk about the economy and not talk about politics. We just came through sort of some pretty brutal uh, midterm elections. Uh, some would say they were quite surprising, the results that we saw in those midterm elections. They were not what people were expecting. Um, how much does that impact sort of the the economic future of where we're headed? In other words, sort of uh, Fed policy and 
and decisions that are made, how close, and, and also the markets, you know, how close do the markets pay attention to sort of who's in charge, which way the the political headwinds are blowing, so to speak. Um, you know, right now, uh, despite everyone thinking that the Republicans were just going to dominate and take over, suddenly the Democrats seem to have a little momentum. And so it's going to be interesting, obviously, leading into 2024 and the, the uh, general election. But I'm just curious sort of how that plays into sort of the markets and to the economy and, and where things could go. Well, I think um, the fact that the Fed has done so little really relative to the inflation, it's really accommodating inflation. The market gets that and that and they realize that they also know that this is basically temporary supply side thing. So they're happy with the Fed's policy. I think uh, they didn't do too much. They didn't do too little. It's kind of the, just the right uh the as for um, uh, stability, uh, Biden is a mature, stable guy. I think he's going to go down as one of the best presidents in, in the post-war. Maybe maybe the best in terms of what he's accomplished, even in this difficult political environment. What happened in the election is that people that were radical, that thought you know the election was stolen, that that thought think it's okay to to uh, suspend the constitution. To move to autocracy, that, that our country's uh, democracy is up for grabs. They were systematically defeated. So, what this message right. is to the market is that things are likely to be much more stable. And therefore, the risk premium of investing in, let's say, the stock market has gone down. So, people are willing to you know, have more assurance that they're going to get a decent return, that we won't have somebody. Uh, who's very erratic or we won't have civil war or anything of, the, of this nature erupt in our country. And we will. So I think that what's happened was actually good for the market. It's reduced the level of risk into the future. And uh, that's why I think you see the market basically going back up. Do you see yourself as sort of a, a glasses half full or glasses half empty when you look at the economy and, and looking at 2023, do you see more, um, signs for optimism, or do you see more sign, or do you see more signs for sort of concerns and, and a little pes- pessimism? I, th- I think the people calling, uh, claiming we're going to have recession, uh, probably have taken uh, short positions in the market to try. You know, think about the Jamie Dimon, the head of uh, J.P. Morgan. He said back in June that we're going to have a, a a hurricane, an economic hurricane. It could be category six, seven, eight. He doesn't know. He can't say for sure. Uh, Goldman Sachs was predicting a recession. Now everybody's changing their tune. So I think the psychology is changing. I think that the people that are trying to kind of make money off of bad times are realizing that they're, they chose the wrong horse. So I'm optimistic that the economy will not be in recession. You have extremely low, almost post-war low unemployment. You have very high demand for, for workers, very high increases in in uh, in labor for you know in uh, in employment from month to month, uh, I think we are fine unless we scare ourselves to death. Uh, unless we have too many people that are not me speaking to people like you, uh, so I'm optimistic. Yeah, and uh, basically, but I I am pessimistic about the economy's long term future because our fiscal problems are so big. We need to address those in a serious way, and. We can't be the economic hegemon through time. China's going to take over. So we have to get a relationship with China that's stable and that does not involve 
you know, uh, fighting over Taiwan, for example, we have to figure out how to manage that relationship without butting heads. Okay, we're out of time, but this has been enlightening. And I'm hopeful. I, I, I appreciate your optimism. I'm glad to hear the optimism. Um, so I appreciate your your insights and your thoughts on this. It's an important topic. It weighs on every American sort of uh, minds, especially coming into the holidays and going into the new year. So I'm glad we were able to connect with you and, and talk economy, talk inflation. So thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Let's do this more. Yes, absolutely. Thanks again. Yeah, and happy holidays to everybody. Thanks. Happy holidays to you. This episode of Question of the Week was edited by Doug Most and produced and engineered by Andy Halleck. For more information about inflation and economic policy, be sure to check out the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again soon.